1 Kings chapter 19, and we're still in our series, uh, The Prophet. We're still in our series, The Prophet. And I believe God is going to continue to bless us with his word. God is going to continue to speak to us in this small voice. How many people know that God still speaks to you? Amen. Amen. He still speaks to you. He still speaks to you. First Kings chapter 19, and it reads, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me. <clears throat> And more also, if I make not thyself as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Jezebel salted because he did all these miracles and put to death the false prophets. And when he saw that he, Come on, baby, he arose and went for his life and came to Bathsheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take me away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. <clears throat> And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals of, and a cruise of water at his head, and he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Oreb, the mount of God. And he came there, uh, thither unto a cave uh, and lodged there. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets, with the sword, and I even, I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces and the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. Now, he did say this. Now, he's saying it again, so they, I'm not repeating it. He, he did. He told God the same thing. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on the way to the wilderness of Damascus, when thou come, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel, Meholah, shalt thou anoint to be a prophet in thy room. And it shall come to pass that him that escaped the sword of Hazael uh, shall Jehu slay, and him that escaped from the sword of Jehu, Elisha, shall slay. Yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elijah the son of Japhat, and the plowing as he was plowing 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he with the 12th, 
And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him or his cloak upon him. Lord, help us bring a word for you. We love you, God, and we ask for you to continue to move in us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Amen. Amen. We're still in the series, The Prophet. I want to speak to you from the subject, Surrender. Surrender. And it comes from this because I was struggling with a title. I was struggling with the word. I was struggling with what God wanted me to do. And I just heard the voice of the Lord say, Surrender. And that's what he is dealing with, with Elijah, with all these different things he's done. He's told Elijah to go flee from, to go to Ahab. He told Elijah to flee from Ahab. He told him to go back. He told him to call a drought. He told him to tell it to rain. And you cannot hear all these different commands from God if you're not surrendered to him and flexible enough to do what it is he says. But anyway, let's, let's talk about Elijah. How often have you faced disappointment, discouragement, despair? At one time or another, every human being faces disappointment, and, all, and most of us have felt discouraged at some point in our lives. But despair and despondency are emotions that fewer of us experience. Sometimes a person's despair can be so deep that he or she loses heart and feels utterly hopeless under the weight and burden of despair. The person's heart belongs to faint uh, and to sense uh, to total defeat. Such feelings can lead to long periods of depression and sometimes even suicide. This is the practical subject being discussed in the present scripture. One of the strongest men to ever serve God, the prophet Elijah, was gripped by a spirit of discouragement and despair. Oh, come on, somebody. You, you saw Elijah call fire down. You, you saw it. You saw it the other week. You, you saw Elijah call fire down on a water-soaked stone altar. You, you saw Elijah get sustained by a widow woman with no money. You, you saw Elijah being fed by ravens and went and hid in the front of the water. Come on, somebody. Wherever Everybody was going to drink because there was a drought, but he is depressed and discouraged. See, some of us think that we are above distress and, and discouragement, but, but somewhere I read that, that, that even Jacob got discouraged and, and didn't want to hear any more bad news. Somewhere I read even Abraham got discouraged. Somewhere I read so many different people in the Bible got discouraged. And, but why do we think that, that we will never get discouraged? But the only problem is when we get discouraged, we got to run to God. And not ourselves. Oh, he, 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 the Lord will deliver us when we call unto him. There was Elijah in deep disappointment and discouragement. Apparently, King Ahab and his infamous queen uh, had another house in Jezreel. That's where they went. Remember that Elijah had just confronted the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel, proving that the Lord Jehovah or Yahweh is the only true and living God. After the Lord had sent a boat of lightning to set the sacrifice of Elijah ablaze, the fire burned up everything and all this stuff. It even lapped up the water. And now he, you saw him outrun the chariot. Now note what happened. Ahab rushed to tell Jezebel what happened? Oh, come on, somebody. Can you say he impact? <laughs> he told Je Jezebel everything that happened. Man, Elijah did all this, all this stuff he did. And, 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 and because he could sense that Jezebel wasn't happy, at first Ahab was, was, was excited about it. First Ahab was excited about the miracles, but when he got home, Oh, come on, somebody. Can I talk to some people? And not, not if you got a ring on. Can I talk to some people that, that's going home or hanging around somebody you know that, that isn't encouraging you in the Lord? And even when you're excited about God, every time you get around them, it just tones you down. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Some of you all have some friendships that need to be severed. Some of you all have some relationships that need to be cut because Ahab was excited at first. We did exactly what Elijah told him to do, but he got home and told Jezebel what happened. And then Jezebel got mad and said, you know what? It Let it be done to me what was done to the prophet if I don't kill you today. You got 24 hours to get out of town. I don't want to see you in Newport News no more. That's what she said. Why? Because she knew she couldn't kill him. See, not that she couldn't kill him, 
But see, everybody, see, you got to understand the world is political. Do you know why God allows you to do miracles even at your job? You know why God allows your boss to see that miracles happen when you're in the office? Do you understand that even though you're a secretary, some people understand that they are blessed because you are in their presence and that's why they keep you. And even though they're not a believer, they don't want to get rid of you because in some superstitious way, they understand that you're bringing them a blessing. So, so, so not that she knew he was bringing her a blessing, but she didn't want to kill him because he was too hype right now. He was too hot. The people were looking at him. They, they, they saw how great he did, so he, she couldn't kill him. The devil can't kill you. He only can scare you, and you discourage yourself. Y'all missing it. She understood that if I can just scare him enough to make him leave town, I, 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 can, I can kill his witness. People understand that he ain't as real as they think he is. If I can just get him to leave town, I can discredit him. Do you know the devil don't care about you? He's after your witness. He doesn't want you to sin just because of that. Because some of you all are already covered by the blood of Jesus. And he knows even when you mess up, as long as you repent, you're going to make it to heaven. But the problem is he don't want you to help anybody else get there. So the reason why he keeps you in mess is to mess up your witness. I know, I know TLC from the ATL, you understand? Some, a couple of went to school together, but, but she said, I creep. But, but somebody see her creeping. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? She do, even though when you do it on the download, somebody saw you. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying? They know what your car look like. They, they, they see you in the place you shouldn't be in. And Jezebel said, if I could just discredit him, I can, I can, I can, I can, I can mess it up. And, and, and the amazing thing, Brother Nate, is that the miracles that Elijah did was way bigger than the threat Jezebel put on him. Can, can I talk to you for a minute? Don't get, don't, don't judge Elijah because he got scared and discouraged after he did a big victory, after he had a big victory. The hardest thing to do is to repeat a championship. Because why? You tired. You done gave up all your energy and everybody gunning for you now. You understand? Everybody is gunning for you because they see that you're successful and now you done gave out all your energy. Remember Jesus went to, went in, in Mark chapter 9, he was on the top of the mountain and he was transfigured and all of a sudden God came and visited him and Elijah and Moses came and they walked out of the mist and, and, they, and God said, this is my son. And then after Jesus had all this great victory, he walks down the mountain. And walked into a, a crowd that's trying to discredit him and his disciples. God had just let, allowed him to be baptized by Elijah. He was baptized. And now the, the dove has ascended unto God and uh, unto him. And, and, and the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. And he said, this is my son who I'm well pleased. And then Jesus was sent to the desert for 40 days to be tempted. God. When he moves, the devil moves because he doesn't have all the resources God has. And when you begin to do mighty things for God, he sends more resources at you because he's trying to discredit you. Oh, come on, somebody. You know how you, come on, somebody. You, 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 you just trying to get your life together. And all of a sudden, everything you want is coming. I'm going to let you think about what you want. I ain't talking about the good stuff either. I'm talking about stuff you ain't supposed to have. All of a sudden, you're doing good, and all of a sudden, the person you wanted to talk to years ago pop up. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. You go into the chapel, and you're about to get married, and, and all of a sudden, the man you wanted all the time called you. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. But he don't really want anything. It's just the devil trying to distract you. Whenever you do something mighty for God, you better be ready because the devil is going to counterpunch you because he's trying to discredit your witness. He already knows you're going to heaven. He already knows you know God. He just want to make sure your life don't influence anybody else. Now, he ran to the desert. 
And one thing I like about God is even when we run, even when we're disobedient, even when we don't do things, he still takes care of us. He allowed a tree to grow 10 feet in a day. Come on, somebody. I know, I know some of y'all got green thumbs, but have you ever made a tree grow 10 feet in a day? Have you ever had a plant grow two inches in a day? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Some of us still going out there checking on plants that we planted before the cold front came. Come on, somebody. We, we still trying. 10 feet it grew to protect him. God protects you when you call to his purpose. See, he had enough. He said, look here, Lord. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I ain't got time to do this. The, the king don't like me. I done had all these miracles come out. And, 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 and Ahab not even telling his woman to be quiet. Ahab was there. She wasn't there, God. But Ahab was there. And they still trying to kill me after I did all this for you. He, he was alone. He, he, he was alone, and now Jezebel and Ahab was trying to kill him even though he did what God wanted him to do. Come on, somebody. You know he thought that he was going to be met with praise, and Ahab and Jezebel was going to repent, and they was going to leave him alone. Can I tell you something? People come to me all the time. Ooh, and you, you really heard God because this is going so well. Ooh, you really heard God, but see, I don't get caught up in that because you can do what God wants you to do and it not work. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. See, some of you all judge yourself on your success. No, God says obedience is greater than sacrifice. And just because it's going good doesn't mean that's what you're supposed to be doing. You, you, you all don't hear me. Uh, we've had we had event that went good. I ain't gonna tell you which one. And God hadn't told me to do it. It just worked. Come on, somebody. And 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 and, and when we do the fitness thing, it, it, only about ten people come. But 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 I know that's what God told me to do. But it doesn't see as big as other stuff. But it doesn't bother me because I know that's what God said. And what God is trying to teach Elijah is: Don't you worry about the end results. You just worry about what I told you to do. It doesn't matter the miracle came. It matters that you did what I told you to do, and that's what made the miracle. It's up to me to water the plant. Remember Moses called all the plagues out, and Pharaoh said he was going to let the people go, and then God said, hold on, I don't want him to let them go that quick. And God came and hardened the heart of Pharaoh and made Pharaoh not let the people go. You would have thought Moses didn't do what he was supposed to do, but he did. God chooses how successful and how unsuccessful it is. Your job is to be obedient. Y'all missing it. Elijah truly heard from him, but they didn't repent. He was exhausted. He was so exhausted, he laid down and fell asleep. When he woke up, food was right there. The angel had brought him some food because God understood he was exhausted. Do you know when you serve God and you exhausted, God will give you supernatural strength? Come on, somebody. God will give you, he won't give you supernatural strength for foolishness, but God will allow you. People wonder how you keep going and going and going here, checking on your people and coming back, get back one o'clock in the morning, do all these things and you still get up and preach in the morning. It's because God has anointed me to do what it is he wants me to do. And as long as I'm walking in his will and not doing foolishness, he will give you supernatural energy. He will feed you. He will energize you. The angel came and left him some food and some water. He woke up, ate and went back to sleep. And the second time he gave gave him some food and said, you know what? After this time you eat, go. He gave him one plate of food that lasted him 40 days. Oh, that's some slim fast for you. God will give you supernatural energy when you surrender to him. It is hot, ain't it? It seems like the heat on, but I ain't going to worry about it. One of the hardest feelings a person has to deal with is failure. Whether the failure is real or imagined. See, 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 it's a crushing blow when, when you, it's to your sense of worth and your self-esteem when you fail. Elijah felt like a failure. This dude just called fire down. Can I tell y'all, this just happened one chapter ago. 
He called fire down and soaked up the stone altar, the water, and the water in the trench, everything. Nobody else could call fire down. All the people tried to call fire down. 400 prophets of Baal, uh, 350 prophets of Baal, uh, 450 prophets of Baal, and 400 prophets from Jezebel was out there, 850 prophets, and the whole crowd couldn't call the fire down. But after they tried all day, Elijah get up, said two words, drops the mic, and fire comes. But now, he's discouraged and wants to die. Ask God to kill him. Why? Because after your greatest victory, the devil coming for you. He's coming for you. He's trying to discourage you. And sometimes your victories, because of your tiredness, because of your distraction, sometimes will feel like failures. Sometimes church feel like failures. You grow, but you got a few more crazy folk that come. Your business thriving, but you got more bills. But you couldn't afford them bills last week if you look at it like that because you didn't have that much money. The more money you make, the more bills you're going to have. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Sometimes when we don't look at it from the right perspective, sometimes even our successes look like failures. Because it pulls out of us more than our flesh can handle. And when we walk in the spirit, it begins to weigh down on our bodies because that's, ooh, that's why we're in the physical challenge now. Your, it's hard for your body to handle the anointing of God. I'm more, if, if I get up here and do a speech and do a speech, I can do, a, I can do 50 speeches up here and go play basketball. I can do one sermon, I need to go to sleep. Why? Because you're operating under the anointing. And the anointing is, is hard on your body. And Elijah had just done all these anointed things, and now he had to go hide. See, some of y'all do your anointed thing and go run into a sinful crowd of folk. Woo! Sometimes when you do anointed things, you got to learn how to steal away and get by yourself. Elijah left his servant. I don't think he just left the servant because he was scared that the servant was going to get hurt. But I do believe he left his servant because he didn't want him to be in danger. But also Elijah knew he had to get by himself. And now Elijah turns to God. And he goes to Mount Sinai where it all started. He uh, goes to the cave, the cave he goes to and he stays there and he keeps complaining to God and telling him how the queen tried to kill him. And he told him two times, you, 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 I don't know if you noticed when I read the scripture, God ignored him the first time. He said, man, I did all this, I did all this. And God just said, man, why are you here? <laughs> And then he said it again, God, I ignored him the first time. Okay, let me go on and make sure it's, it's really on your heart. Okay, let me go ahead and listen to you twice. So, so now he feels defenseless. He feels rejected. And now he's in the middle of the cave and God sends a windstorm, right? And he didn't hear him in the windstorm, right? He told Elijah, come outside the cave. He sends a windstorm. Elijah doesn't. Feel his presence because God wasn't in the windstorm. Watch, watch this now. He says an earthquake, but neither was he in the earthquake. Oh, y'all missing it. Y'all missing it. Then he sends fire, but God went in the fire. But God caused the fire, but he went in the fire. God caused the earthquake, but he went in the earthquake. God caused the windstorm, but he went in the windstorm. Right? All right, all right. Now, God talks to him in a small voice, and he said, that's him. You know what God was telling him? God was letting him know that no matter how many miracles you caused by me, that's not going to bring the people to me. Ooh, that fire was to get their attention. But I wasn't in the fire. I caused the fire, but I wasn't in it. He heard this big earthquake, but God, we look for God. See, see, see this is why some... some some people think that when we do programs, they call them programs, I call it evangelism, that they think that I think that's the end result. But let me talk to y'all for a minute of why we do in touch. We do in touch to draw people. Huh? We do the internet to draw people. We do the LED screen, LED screen to do what? 
draw people. Come on, somebody. We, we feed the homeless to take care of people, but also to draw people. We do, we do big events to do what? Draw people. But God is not in that. It's just to draw. Y'all don't hear me. It's not until the word of God permeates their heart that they come to God. Ahab witnessed the miracles, but he had not heard the voice of God. That's why he still was trying to kill Elijah. I'm going to have to explain to some people that think, I, 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 this God, this God talking to me, it, it, ain't, it ain't me being shady. When I'm shady, I do let you know. You don't have to walk around claiming what God has called you to be. You have to walk around here saying, I'm a prophet. I'm an apostle. I'm a pastor. You don't have to do that. Come on, somebody. God is going to use you the way he wants to use you. And, 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 and the reason why we do so many things is to draw people. The exercise is to draw people. It's that don't, they don't receive God right there. They just are, are drawn because it relates to where they are. Those people that came to the mountain wanted to see a show. God gave them a show to get their attention. But everybody wasn't saved because of the miracle God did. It was only those people that came in close proximity. I, I'm going back to the other scripture when I preach. When I preach, um, I'm, I'm I, I preach and he, when Elijah was sent to the altar, remember in that scripture, he said, come close to me as I build it. He wasn't scared of the crowd. He said, come close to me as he built the altar. Why? He wanted to have a relationship with them because he understood this miracle not going to save you. It's the word of God. We draw people so they can eventually come hear the word of God. You understand? We do things to draw them. And God did this to draw the people. But he was trying to teach Elijah to make sure that he remembers that it is not the miracle of where I am. I ain't in the windstorm. I'm not in the earthquake. I'm in the word. Y'all don't hear me. This is where relationships are built. From the pulpit, when the word goes out. Sunday school, when the word goes out. Bible study, when the word goes out, your one-on-ones, when you're giving them the word, you're playing basketball with them to draw them. God not in the basketball, God not in the softball, but it's a mechanism to pull people unto him. Sometimes people do these great events at church and they wonder why all these people are not saved. And then they get an altar call because we had a great event. But that great event was to draw them there and so you could be a relationship with them, so you could get their information, so you could reach out to them, so you can write letters to them, so you can get some more, some more touches. The problem with the church is we, we want to throw a program out there and think that's going to cause them to stay. It's the word of God. Ahab was right there on the front row seat. I, I, my whole sermon is going somewhere else. Ahab was on the front row, Mr. Lord, on the front row. <clears throat> Saw the miracle. Went home and told his wife what happened. And because she had attitude, yeah, you're right. It's, he shouldn't have done all that. <laughs> Lost the word because the word didn't get in his heart. Oh, y'all don't hear me. But, but look at this. He got so discouraged. So then God tells him, look here, I'm going to give you a new task. I need you to go find these three folk. I need you to go back the same way you can, go back through the desert. Sometimes you got to go back through the way that God sent you. There I want you to anoint Haziel as the king of Syria. I want you to anoint Jehu, the king over Israel. And finally, I want you to go anoint Elisha as your own successor. Note why he did this. These three leaders would complete the task that Elijah had begun, the task of purging Baal worships, worship from the land. What a word of encouragement. See, God is letting him know that other people have done it. He said, look here, it ain't just you. I got 7,000 other folk that didn't bow down. You're not the only person I'm using. You're not the only one on the internet. You're not the only one preaching the gospel. You're not the only one who didn't bow down. I got 7,000 other folk, but because you're tired, go find another successor, and I'll call you on up. 
Y'all missing it. I'm trying to talk to the generals. I'm trying to talk to the generals because we always crying. The generals are dying. The generals are dying. Yes, they dying, but that ain't the problem. The problem is they ain't trained nobody up. Not all of them. The problem is people 70 and 80 years old and still got youth pastoring. For real, they had a youth pastor at this church that was 60 years old and, 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 and they wanted me to come do some youth event. I'm like, man, you need to call Reverend Walden. Don't call me. He's younger than me. I'm, I'm 40 years old. You ain't got time to be calling me for this. I'm too old for this. And sure are you. Why? Because we don't want to pass the baton. We're supposed to be we supposed to be walking. Ah, y'all don't hear me. But when you, by the time you get 40 years old, you should be training the next generation. You know why Elijah was tired? Because he was doing everything by himself. He was doing everything by himself. And he kept trying to do everything by himself. And God said, you know what? I know you tired. I know you are. Go out and find Elijah. Y'all got my video? Y'all got, they got the video? Get, play me the video right quick. I want to show y'all something. The reason why the generals don't want to do stuff. See, look at the relay. Look at the relay. See, see, see. Oh, my God. Y'all found the slowest relay ever. Jesus Christ. That is not the four by one. Jesus. Anyway, they, you see they all running. Jesus Christ. Y'all got Hussein Bolt and everybody else. <laughs> These jokers went and found a long relay. The four by one, man. Four by one is. Anyway, that, 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 cut that. That's, that's, that, that defeats the whole purpose. Just, just, just stop it. Stop it. Just, just stop it. <laughs> Y'all know Hussein Bolt fast. But anyway, the point was when you do the real fast relays, you ever see them run? My God. I, I know y'all, 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 y'all geeks. I get it. Y'all not athletic. We good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I, I, I ain't hating or nothing. But, but when you see a real relay, I said, y'all, y'all, y'all seen the fast relays, right? When they be running fast, right? And, and, and then when they run and what they do, come, come, come and give me an example. Come, come on up here, Reverend Wild. We're going to do my, I'm going to do my own video. All right. All right. Don't run fast because I'm tired. All right. Then he was like, run, run, run. You saw that. And boom. And I look back, bam. And I get the stick and I'm gone. The problem with the generals is they think when they pass the baton, they're supposed to stop immediately. And so they get jealous. Even though I'm passing the baton to Walden, I'm still pastoring. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm teaching him. Instead of me fussing at everybody, I fuss at him. (laughs) He learns from me. He sees the nuances I do. He sees my struggles behind the scenes because I'm training him to take my place even though the Baptists vote on everything. At least they have somebody in here that's able to take the mantle. When Elijah came, he dropped the mantle on Elijah and kept walking. He didn't wait on Elijah. When you're running for your blessings, you got to already be moving, though, young people. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You already got to be moving when the stick comes. At 11 o'clock, just find me a faster relay. Find you same boat. I promise you, he fast. And, and, and when they run, you, you got to keep, you run, and, and, and they, you don't even look back. With the fact, you look for a minute, but boom, they got the timing together because they understand if I'm going to keep running this race, I got to, see, it's, yes, it's a marathon, so to speak, but at the end of the day, what is it really? It's a relay race. And my job is to pass the baton to the next generation. And if you're 80 years old and you ain't passed it yet, that's why you tired like Elijah. you tired like Elijah because you're not passing the baton. God said, I'm going to tell you why you're tired because it's time for you to pass the mantle to somebody else. You got to know when it's time to pass the mantle. It's not time to pass the mantle when you're 80. Each generation is demarcated by 40 years. So by the time you're 40-something years old, you should already be training the next generation because you're tired. I get tired of talking to this person, this person, this person. And some people get upset. Oh, I thought we were better than this. Why you can't talk to me? I got Raven Wall. They ain't got to talk to you no more. Why I got to talk to you? And I got him. I'm tired. I'm tired of fighting the little battles and getting the sermon together, fighting the little battles and going to check on my parents, fighting the little battles, doing all this stuff, and then get up here and preach. No, he is the next generation. And now it's time for him to get in the fray. And it's time for him to be running 
and then the anointing will overtake him. Probably should have did the other way. I probably should have passed it to him. But at the end of the day, see, you got to understand, young people, the, the blessing, the mantle will overtake you, but you already need to be doing something. Elijah was already in the field working with the oxen. He wasn't sitting at home without a job at his mama house doing nothing, playing video games, playing Fortnite, playing Mortal Kombat, or whatever y'all played, Madden. Sitting at home can play all the things on them sticks. Oh, we play them sticks. Like I go and, and I try to relate to folks and they be like, I'm going to kick you on the stick. All right, all right, let's go. Let's put on the gloves and go fight for real. Bump this video game. Let me take you to a real world life. Let's let do some real competition. You understand what I'm saying? Because what I'm saying is the, it's, it's, it's a twofold thing. And I, I, I'm somewhere else. I know this sermon is somewhere else. God is an intergenerational God. God is a God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You understand? So you can't do it with one generation. That's why Elijah was tired. You can't do it by yourself. He had to get Elijah in. And what did God tell him? He'd go, he went and told him to go find three people. Anoint one to be the king. Anoint one to be something else. Allow him to be your successor. Why? He was getting it intergenerational. You can't do anything with one generation. This generation is tired. Because we're trying to do it by ourselves, just like the previous generation. You got to use the millennials. You got to use Generation Z. You got to use the, 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 the baby boomers. You got to use Generation X all together. You can't do it by yourself. Um, I, know, I, I know I'm boring, y'all. I really don't care. Because God is dealing with me right now because he just wants us to surrender. You got to surrender to God. And the reason why we're not passing the torch to other people, well, the reason why we're not passing the torch to other people is because we're not surrendered enough to God and secure with ourselves that if we give it up, we ain't important no more. Bill Gates don't even do nothing with Microsoft anymore. Gave it away. Sure, he's still getting paid. Sure, he's still consulting. But he moved so he can do something else. He don't feel any less important. He want to be working on something else. We got to learn how to let people success after us so we can help guide them and lead them while we're still here. That's what makes your mantle more powerful. He put the cloak on him and kept going. Elisha knew that if somebody put a cloak on you, that means they called you. You understand? If somebody chooses you and overtakes you and brings you in, Respect that and learn from that and glean from that. And it said Elisha, it didn't say that Elijah with a J ministered to Elisha. It says Elisha went and ministered to Elijah. Y'all don't hear me. Even though he was the successor, was the one that's going to receive, he gave to the father first. You understand you got to learn how to glean. The problem with the church is we don't know how to glean. We got, we got people that set up successes. Coca-Cola already know who their next CEO is a lot of times. They're already grooming people right now. But church folk want to start all over every time. You should already be training folk and making disciples. Why is the world making more disciples than the church? Soon as the church over, we go get a poor pick and me to thank God for one for me because I wouldn't be here. But I'm just saying. <laughs> We, we, we start all over again because we are so selfish as a generation. We don't want to train the next people to take our place. Yeah, you simple. Yeah, you mess up. Yeah, somebody may take your place, but they won't take your place until God allows it to happen. And if they take your place, it means God has a bigger place for you if you are obedient. But you got to learn how to surrender to God wholeheartedly. Abraham surrendered to God. And he told Abraham to leave your country. Don't take nobody with you. But then Abraham wasn't fully surrendered, almost lost it because he took Lot with him. The text says and Lot went with him, but he still was obedient enough for God to bless him because at least he did leave. There's going to be some hiccups in your life. You're going to mess up. You're not going to listen totally to God. You might get to the point where you want to die just like Elijah, but you got to remember to turn back to God just like he did and he will rejuvenate you. But I have to talk to the old school general 60 and 70 and 80 years old and even those who are my age you got to start training up the next generation because you're getting tired I ain't never been this tired 
because COVID-19 take a lot. Should you be in church? Should you let the folk in? Should you have them inside and outside? Should you do what should you do? Why? But you, you're going through all these different things. Now you have to think in a way that you shouldn't have to. You know why God got me? My butt, I, I ain't buttoning my shirt up and remind me to fuss at the cleaners on Monday. God told me before I put this shirt in the cleaners to unbutton the buttons. I'm telling you. Oh my God, exactly. He told me to unbutton the buttons. But I didn't unbutton the buttons on my collar and they didn't rip the button off my shirt. I'm hot. I'm mad at them and I'm still going to blame them, but it's my fault. But I ain't going to tell them that when I go to the store. <laughs> I ain't going to let them out when I go to the stores. So if they ain't listening, they're going to definitely have to fix this button. But God told me to unbutton it. God is trying to teach you in the small things. If God care about the button on my shirt, how much more does he care about me passing at Newbies Grove? I pulled the shirt out and man, because you know I put the collar stays in my shirt with the magnets to stick them down there, but this don't have a place to put it because it got a button to hold the collar down. But I lift both of them unbuttoned, so I won't have one button and one unbuttoned, but I wouldn't even have to be irritated right now because God knows little things irritate me more than big things, but God had told me before I put it in the cleaners to unbutton the button. What is God telling you that's small that you ain't listening to? Something small. God is trying to get you to hear him in the small thing. And the funny thing about it, when I opened up the shirt, I knew the button was messed up. Before I even saw, when I took the plastic off, God brought in my remembrance. This morning when I took the shirt out, I told you to unbutton that button. I was like, oh, man. I knew they tore it off. Just, Didn't even put it, I know you know you tore it off. I'm, I'm about to fuss in the sermon, y'all. I know I'm just, I, 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 see, God even worked with me with this style because really, this is a time when I go, mm, but I don't feel like it. I just need you to surrender to God. And if you can learn how to be faithful over a few things, he'll make you rule over many things. What did I miss that God has for me that's bigger by not listening to him about that little button? I'm just, I, don't, I ain't saying this that, that, that deep, but you know what I'm saying? When are you going to listen to him? I remember one time I had put my, 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 I, all of a sudden God said, open up the, the washing machine. And I, and I opened up the washing machine and I went through all the stuff and my AirPods was in the washing machine. You know what I'm saying? Just put it in there. But I didn't even know why I was going through it. He just said, open it. Because I just knew my iPod was on the, AirPod was on the counter. But it was in my pocket. You know, he just told me. But what it, what is God trying to get your attention with? You know God is trying to get your attention. You're doing these great miracles, but sometimes we miss the little things. It's the little things that causes you to get the victory. It's the little nuances. When people play poker, it's, they start looking at how people move their eye. Oh, he bluffing because when he do that, they start looking at your face. That's why they say the poker face. It's small things God is trying to get you to do. Oh, I'm going to say this and I'm going to sit down. I believe COVID-19 is allowing us to pay attention to the small things. The little things that we missed. The little things that we missed. Why are you doing this? And I know internet people, y'all go ahead and inbox me and tell me everything we're doing wrong and why people leaving. Because we all, you know what I'm saying, we, we, cause we gotta, you gotta, internet folk want one thing, driving people want the other thing. It's, it's teaching you how to differentiate your, 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 your services. It's teaching you how to reach more people. Because in COVID-19, you starting to pay attention to stuff you ain't never paid attention to. Because you have to. Because those little things cost you a soul, but they've already been costing you a soul, but you was just so, you, it was so easy just to pay attention to the big things because everything was going so good because you didn't have the COVID-19 affecting the little things. Well, as much. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Like, I'm even thinking about this pulpit. I, I love this pulpit because I'm trying to, but, but it's this pulpit driving young people away when they see it. Old folk gonna come anyway. If I move this pulpit and I had a cross, he didn't move the, the one with the crosses. But you ain't going nowhere. You institutionalize. <laughs> this, 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 you're doing stuff to appease old school, but old school already has God embedded in them, and it don't matter what you do, they coming. They might get mad and go to another church, but they ain't going to leave church. 
But how many millennials am I missing because of this? You understand? It's small. You got this, but you kind of acting it with this. And I know this sermon, it, I, I, maybe I'm just talking to myself. And come, come at 11 o'clock, maybe he'll talk to you. The little things. The little things. The camera angles. Appreciate it. The little things. You missed on the internet by just showing them one thing. How many people you missed because they bored of just seeing you right there? But now that COVID hit, you got to pay attention. Now you're catching more people on the internet than you ever have because now you got to cater them even more. Yes, you were already doing it, but you weren't catering to them as much. Your app went up eight years ago. Been down for three years. You didn't even know it. <laughs> but young boy hit me up. Where the app at? I, I, I'm sorry, y'all. I, I, I really ain't trying to entertain you. That's just what God, COVID-19 has me in a different place where I ain't got to get up here and entertain you. Pop lock and drop it. No, I just need you to hear the word. This, this, this text has delivered me from myself because all that noise, he was in the small voice. He ain't in there. Just, I ain't saying he ain't in there when some, some people can hoop real good. And, 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 and when I go to old school country church, they be like, you don't ever be like, I know that what they want. And God want me where they are. And I can do it all day. Really good then. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just having a, a conversation with myself. And I'm going to sit down. The Little Things. There's a movie, I think, where Denzel watched called The Little Things. It, it, it ain't his best movie, so don't watch it, but it's just a point. The, the little things. What, 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 what little things are you missing that God is telling you that's going to add up to a big thing? Because if you're faithful over a few things, I'll make you ruler over many things. What are many things? A whole bunch of little things put together. But you keep missing the little things so he can't make you ruler over many things. Be faithful over a few things, right? And I'll make you ruler over many things. But that, when you start faithful over a few things, he don't take them few things away. He just add another few things to those few things which add up to many things. You think you're going to do a few things and all of a sudden he's going to give you this one big thing. No, he's going to give you a few things and a few more things and a few more things if you're sensitive enough to hear him and then you'll be ruler over many things. Yeah, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I'm going to sit down. I need you to hear the little things that God is telling you. The little things in your marriage. Man, that's probably why you married too, because sister girl gonna make sure you don't miss the little things. If you can find out the little things she wants, you can hit the little things God wants. It's the little things that drive people to the voice. It ain't the big thing, it's the little things. I'm not saying courage of the voice, but what I'm saying is the little things, it's the little things. And it's the little things we miss from God. It's not the in-touch basketball. And he, 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 sometimes he removes some big things so you can pay more attention to little things. How you, what you going to do with the youth? How are you going to reach them more? What, what, what are you, what, what you going to do? How, how, how are you going to keep the church alive? What, what, what are you going to do in your individual life? I just want to say this. God wants you to surrender because he wants you to be able to hear him in the still, small, little voice he's talking to you. I don't know where this sermon has gone. He needs you to surrender just as Moses surrendered to the call of God, just as Gideon surrendered, just as David surrendered, just as Elijah, Elisha surrendered, just as all the men and women of God in the Bible, just as Dorcas surrendered, just as Rebecca surrendered, Just as Naomi surrendered. Just as Ruth surrendered. He wants you to be able to surrender and hear him in his small.
small voice. Yes, he did a miracle in your life, but it was to draw other people and to show you who he was so he could speak to you. Come on, somebody. It's to get your attention. Somebody give you a surprise birthday party. They're not giving to you. They're trying to show you and get your attention to say, I love you. I'm paying attention to you. I know it's your birthday. I ain't forget. You feel me? But they ain't doing that just to give you a birthday party. <laughs> They're doing that because they want your heart. Woo. He ain't buy you that Fendi bag just to buy it. Even though he did it fussing. He did it because he's looking for your heart. Y'all don't hear me. God doing miracles in your life. Not to just exalt you and make you look good. It's so he can get your attention and let you know I want your heart. God kept you out of that dope deal that was going wrong. God saved you from that car accident that you walked away from. That you should have been dead because he wants you to hear your, he wants you to hear his voice. He allowed you to come near death during COVID. He saved you, not just to show how great he is, but so you can finally listen to his voice. Everything God is doing in your life is to cause you to surrender to his voice. He'd rather not have to do all these miracles in your life for you to hear him. Remember Jesus when he healed the boy with the epileptic seizures? He said, all things are possible to him that believes. The boy was going into convulsion, but Jesus was like, look, I'm tired of doing these miracles just so you can believe. I need you to believe before I do it. God is getting you to a point where he can cause you to hear him without the miracle. Ain't that funny? The miracle is done, so you won't need a miracle the next time. Y'all missed that. He's doing the miracles, so he won't have to do a miracle again to get your attention. Elijah had called down fire, killed the prophets of Baal, called the drought, called it the rain, caused all that stuff. And so now, because he had already seen all the flashy stuff, when God told him to step outside the cave, caused the fire. No, you ain't in there. Earthquake, you ain't in there. Whirlwind, no, you ain't in there. Then he spoke. Why? He had trained Elijah to hear his voice. He trained him doing big things so he could hear eventually the little things. Y'all hear what I'm saying? He don't want it to have to be loud. Do you know the best thing you can do for somebody you love is to do something before they know? Know what kind of wine they want? Know what they want? Already know what they want without them asking for it? That's what God is trying to get you. Jesus was so prayed up. If you realize in the Bible, I'm going to sit down. Jesus was so prayed up, he never prayed before he did a miracle. Because he was already prayed up already. By the time he got to the miracle, he already knew what he was supposed to do. Only time he prayed was when he, right before he did the miracle, when he raised Lazarus from the dead. Because he really didn't want to call Lazarus down. We'll get into all that later. What I'm saying is you're supposed to be so prayed up that you flowing with God. When he move, you move. You're in the rhythm of God. And sometimes people think I don't pray because I make decisions so fast in their mind. But it's not that I'm making decisions so fast in your mind. I'm already prayed up so I hear him. I ain't act like I prayed up as much as I should all the time. But when I go throughout the day and I had to make a spur of the moment, I'm already prayed up. Get in your prayer time so you can surrender to his Still, small voice.